can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. everyone you're listening to those are the girls with mallory and friends i'm mallory i'm victoria and we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values all right guys we have on an exciting guest today we have on yolanda robinson um she is the second lady of north carolina her life changed forever on april 3rd 2018 when her husband mark robinson spoke at a greensboro city council meeting the four-minute video went viral, and within a couple minutes of him speaking at the city council meeting, or sorry, within a couple of days of him speaking at the city council meeting, he was invited to be on Fox and Friends. From there, he spoke at the National NRA Conference, the SHOT Show in Las Vegas, and received an award from the WFSA World Forum in Germany. In July 2019, on the steps of the Guilford County Courthouse, Mark Robinson announced his candidacy for lieutenant governor. On the evening of November 3rd, Mark became North Carolina's next uh, lieutenant governor and the first African-American to be elected to this role and to the North Carolina Council of State. Yolanda and Mark have two children and two beautiful grandchildren. How are you doing, Yolanda? I'm doing great. Thank you all for having me. Of Thank course. you for coming on. We really, it, honestly, it's an honor to have you on. We're very grateful that you're here. Yep. Um, I guess first question, how did you and Mark meet? We met through a mutual friend. Um, I actually, um, a cousin of mine was dating one of his close friend sisters and she introduced us. Oh, wow. In 1980. Eight. <laughs> like it's been so long I can't remember. <laughs> wow. So nice. did you guys like start dating right away? Like was it a quick kind of dating engaged marriage situation? No, not initially. When I first just met him, um, it was just a casual meeting. Hello, how are you? And then after that, she encouraged me. She's like, I really want you guys to go out, you know, you'd be you'd like, yeah. But it took a while before we actually went on a date. <laughs> Um, so, but then after that, we dated for about a year before we got married. So, okay, cool, cool. I'll, I'll do the next one. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so when Mark's city council video went viral, how did it impact you personally? We hear about how it impacts the viral person, but we don't really hear about or hear from like the wife or the partner or whatever. Right. Um, well, it was a whirlwind, of course, for him, but also <laughs> for me, because our lives got, you know, significantly busier. Um, <laughs> you know, we started traveling all across the state and across the nation. You know, he was speaking and a lot of times it happened at a good time because our children were adults. So it allowed me to travel with him, um, you know, if I wanted to, which was good. Um, but yeah, we just got a lot busier, not what we thought we'd be doing, you know, at this stage in our lives. It was supposed to be slowing down, not getting busier. But I think that's the major thing. That and, you know, being out just doing regular things, you know, at the grocery store or, you know, 
anywhere and people recognizing you, not just him, but also me. I can be by myself and people will be like, hey, aren't you? Like, yes, I, yes, that's my husband. Um, so, but it's all been good. Yeah, so one of my favorite stories is actually the fact that Mark had no idea his video went viral. Can you tell us what happened that night and how you found out, <laughs> like, it's actually super crazy. He went to the media. Of course, when he got home, you know, he was still, his adrenaline was so high, I guess, that he was just pacing still. And I was like, well, how was the meeting? And he was like, you know, it was fine. I was like, well, did you speak? Because he had no intention of even speaking when he went. Oh, wow. And he was like, yes, I did. And I was like, oh, what'd you say? And he was like, I don't even remember. And oh. so I was like, okay, was that good or bad? He was like, I don't know. So, <laughs> you know, we didn't think anything else about it. Went to, um, I was actually getting ready for bed and it was like the 10 o'clock news comes on and I had the news. I didn't have the news on actually, but my phone, somebody texted me and I looked at my phone. It was a good friend of mine and she was like, Yolanda, I'm never up this late. Did I just see Mark on the news? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, probably. So then I turned it on and I was like, oh yeah, that was him. <laughs> you know, we didn't think anything else about it really. It was just a little, they played like little 30 seconds clips of him at the city council meeting that night but the next day which was a Wednesday I think at about 10 or 11 that day I was at my office and Mark calls me he was at work and he says hey grassroots North Carolina posted the video from last night and it had at that point you know thousands of views and he was like can you believe this and I was like no because he's like people were calling him you know like hey I saw your video just thinking okay you know 15 minutes and then it'll be gone you know like most things do um, but it really never stopped. <laughs> and even to this day, there are people who still watch it and call him and tell him or message him and, you know, send a note or a card and say, hey, I get up and watch your video every morning or it inspires oh, wow. me or, you know, so it's, it was a God moment, I think, you know, so. Yeah, for well, sure. I was going to ask if you guys were expecting it, but it definitely sounds like you no, were not. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And we kept thinking, you know, okay, what is this? Because literally after that next, like within a few days, our mailbox looked like we had been gone on vacation for six months. And that oh, happened. Wow. Yeah, so all over the country, people were sending letters and notes and cards. And, you know, I was just like, wow, this is, you know. <laughs> really something but we is can't wait right now. yeah is y'all's mailbox still that full it you know it, it it comes in waves I think it'll start back up like maybe somebody will share it to people maybe you never seen it and then those people you know it'll get started back again um but not as well no not like that not like it was at those first <laughs> six months or so because it's technically gone viral three separate times if I recall yes yeah oh wow yes yeah. Do wow. you know how many views it's up to now? I don't because it's so hard to keep up, but I know it's well over 200 million, like well That's over. Crazy. Wow. It's been translated into two or three different languages. I mean, wow. it's, yeah, it's, it's very, <laughs> I don't, you know, it's just so surreal when you think about it. Yeah, so yeah. I know you guys have said like that's a God moment. And then when he decided yeah. to run for office was another God moment. Too. Can you explain how faith was in the campaign and how you guys relied on faith throughout the whole campaign process and to this day? Absolutely. You know, we're strong, you know, Christians. 
conservatives. So even talking about, you know, Mark had been traveling and speaking, you know, for probably a little over a year. And people had approached him, you know, said, hey, you should run for this. You should run for that. And we're like, no, that's not what he was. You know, he was like, I don't want to do that. Um, but eventually we talked about it. And we're like, you know, well, if you really want to make some real change, then we're going to have to really con- seriously consider maybe running for office. And then at that point, it was like, okay, well, what office do you, you know, run for? Because mm-hmm. in Victoria, you know how hard that is. Um, yes. So we prayed about it. Uh, so people had bought some other things like, hey, you know, some other different seats to run for. And we're like, no, that's not. No, don't want to do that. Um, but then we looked at Lieutenant Governor's seat. It was going to be an open seat, which is always a little better to, you know, go mm-hmm. to instead of challenging an incumbent in something. So uh, we prayed about it. We looked at it. It fits him perfectly because it allows him to focus on what he, the issues that's important to him and, you know, help the legislator push out and get a voice to things that they're working on in the legislature. So we prayed about it um, a lot. <laughs> and, you know, finally we just got a piece of it. Okay, that's what we're going to do. And then it seemed like after he announced Every, it seemed like every week somebody was jumping in that primary. <laughs> so we were like, oh, Lord, this is going to be, you know, it was going to be hard work. Um, but it was well worth it. Yeah, that primary was crazy. What was it? Ten people total? It was nine people total. Nine, people nine. Total. I knew it was yeah. close. Really? And ev- yeah, and yes. everyone thought there was going to be a yes. runoff. Because you have to get... I never did. Really? 30, they had to get 30 plus... 30. 30 plus one I think it's what I think so I think so I think yeah. that's about right but no everybody did our smart staff you know and I understood that because if you're looking at the numbers nine people I mean it's almost guaranteeing a runoff mm-hmm. um but I never doubted that he was gonna win that primary straight out I don't know God just gave me a piece about it the entire time that's beautiful uh it was and so even our you know his staff was like okay you know they had their plans and they're like this is where our plan is for runoff and you know, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, you all are doing your jobs, which is what you're supposed to do. However, we're not going to have a runoff. And that night was so, it was nerve, you know, we were nervous, not nervous in, as in worried about not winning, but just the anticipation of, you know, the adrenaline going like, okay, come on, come on, let these numbers drop. Yeah. But primary night, uh, March 3rd was awesome. Because as soon as early voting numbers dropped, he was ahead and never, um, I mean, he stayed ahead the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that was really exciting. Wow. So, I never doubted it. So uh, primary happens, he wants primary. Campaigns through a global pandemic, um, pretty much a depression. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I mean, this affected so many of our Republican candidates was this pandemic. I mean, we would have had Donald Trump as president again. We would have had Dan Forrest as governor. Yes. I think we yes. would have taken our supermajority back because Absolutely. everything was going so well. It was. It what was. do you think was different for Mark's race versus other Republicans? that didn't win in November? I'm not sure what the difference was. I know that during the primary, and I Mm -hmm. think this carried over in the general and helped him in the general as well, even though, because like I said, right after primary night, everybody is up. Things were, I mean, you know, things were booming, you know, donations, you know, donations is up coming in because everybody's excited and, you know, 
And then, then two weeks really, later, the world shut down. Weeks later, yes, like yeah. boom, can't do anything. So I think what helped him in the general election was the momentum and that them really going to visit, you know, almost, yeah, I think 98 out of the 100 counties they got to. And he's been to all 100, but they really pushed within a two or three week time frame, hitting all 100 counties in North Carolina during mm-hmm. that primary. I think that's what pushed him over the top of their primary. And I think that helped carry into the general election, even though, you know, we couldn't go out and really hold events or um, large gatherings. But I think the momentum from that and the grassroots effort really helped um, carry him in the general. Yeah. And I, I, I definitely, oh, go ahead, go ahead. oh, I was just gonna say, I definitely agree with that. So up until, uh, I want to say March 15th, right before the pandemic, I was living in Virginia Beach and I was more involved. Uh, I was going to Regent, um, get my master's there. I was more involved in the Virginia politics. And then I came back to North Carolina and it turned out I was probably going to, this is where I'm from. So Mm -hmm. it turned out that I was probably going to be here forever or at least for the next couple of years. (laughs) So I was like, okay, let me get back involved in politics here. And all I kept hearing was, uh, yeah, Lieutenant um, Mark Robinson's running for a Lieutenant Governor. He's doing so great he did this he did that and gra- and I really think it was a grassroots effort because absolutely I even absolutely. knew who we were I had just gotten back to North Carolina just started getting mm-hmm. involved with YR stuff everyone was talking about Mark Robinson oh he's such a class act this this, and that I think it really has to do with like actually like being a a good candidate and then be really like the grassroots effort your yes. field team that is who gets the name out there that is who gets people who didn't even know I didn't even know anything going on because I was right. just focused on Virginia and I come here and Mark Robinson, Mark Robinson, Mark Robinson. Right. So yeah. That grassroots Absolutely. makes a huge difference. They do. They are the people out there that are knocking the doors and making the phone calls and talking to people and mm-hmm. like you said, getting the word out, getting your name out there. Because yeah. I mean unfortunately you're one person and you cannot reach everybody. <laughs> right. So you have to have, you know, people who are advocating on your behalf and spreading your message for helping you spread the message. Yeah, definitely. So fast forward to November 6th, you guys had, you guys had an, an event, right? That night. We, did. we had an election. A, a watch uh, party. We had an watch party. We did. How point. are you feeling? So the numbers finally came in. Oh, yes, One, <laughs> what was your feeling? What happened in that room? It was, um, we had a had an event and so there were, you know, people there, but we were, Mark and I and our staff and our family were back in what you call the green room, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, watching the results when everyone else was out front watching them. And, you know, initially we knew, we, we knew to expect from early voting because usually, you know, Dems turn out larger in early voting. So mm-hmm, yeah. we were behind um, when they dropped. So, you know, we, but we expected that. And so throughout that night, you know, we're pacing. Mark's pacing, and he's never nervous usually, <laughs> but literally, probably, you know, walked a hole in the floor because he was just walking the whole night in the background. And finally, um, we started to close the gap, you know, after about an hour or so. And then some of our larger, heavily Republican counties were still out. So we're like, okay, they come in and it's closer, you know, and uh, we were still waiting on those. You know, wait and make things to drop <laughs> more, you know, because yeah. you know how that is. Um, mm-hmm. But as the night grown, it probably took, by the time the polls closed, and then we had to pull the state up in a little later due to some difficulties. 
Um, however, I guess it was probably around 10 or so, 9.30, 10 o'clock, something. We finally pulled ahead. And the only thing that was still left out that hadn't reported yet were counties we knew were heavily Republican we should win. And then I think probably about maybe it's before 11, I think, a little bit after 11, then um, the Democratic candidate, uh, Yvonne Hawley, called to concede the race. And then the room erupted, you know, and then Mark oh, and I were I crying, both of us. And, you know, <laughs> it, it was just, um, it was a moment that you, you know, you just, you can't imagine. I could not have imagined that, you know, yeah. um, the feeling that you get. It's kind of, even to this day, it's hard to believe, like, oh, you really won, you know? <laughs> you know, we're working hard, and, you know, but you just never know if it's resonating or not, you know? Right. I think as candidates and candidates' families, you kind of live in a bubble because everybody that's around you, of course, between the staff or family or friends, support you. So you don't really know, like, okay, but is that majority of the people or it's just the people in my circle, you know? Um, so it was very um, surreal and humbling, though, that the people of North Carolina almost, what, I don't know, well, almost three million people voted for him. You know, that's um, pretty humbling. Yeah, I mean, he is definitely people. one of the first races that, I think he's the first it was statewide one race. Yeah, that called, yeah. That yeah, called. That, that was called. Um, yeah, I mean. Because it was close everywhere. I mean, yes, you know, everyone else was fairly close, I think. Yes. Unfortunately, the governor's race was called early. But well, fortunately, so was Mark's race, and he yeah. won. So you, he, got, he was sworn in January 4th, correct? Yes. That yes. was my anniversary. That's why I remember. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it like? Because you held the Bible, correct? I did. What and was the Bible like? that he used, um, it was... It was awesome. Um, the Bible that he used was his mom's Bible mm-hmm. um, that she'd had forever. She read it every night. I mean, her handwriting is in it. I mean, it, so that was special because his mom passed in 2016. So she hasn't been here to see all of, you know, any of this. Mm-hmm. Well, she's watching, but she hasn't been here to actually, you know, physically enjoy and uh, see it with us. Um, so that was special. Um, our grandbabies, our children, and you know, our grandbabies were there. So that's something, you know, and he made history, you know, um, as the first black lieutenant governor of North Carolina. Um, so those are memories that our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren will be able to look back on, you know, the pictures and the videos um, to cherish those moments, you know. Yeah. So special. Yeah, that's great. That's beautiful. Um, ooh, one minute ago. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so this isn't a question that we had, but I just thought of this. So he is the first um African American black lieutenant governor. How has that um affected you guys in any way? Have you what have been like the benefits, the negatives of being the first black and a Republican too? Um, and I people who listen here are um our audience is Republicans, and we do have fellow Black Republicans as well. Is there anything that you want to talk about in that respect? Well, I think, and and like you said, as being a Republican, then you know this as well. Um, Conservative Black Republicans are treated a little differently um, than, (laughs) you know, Democrats, (laughs) Uh, Black Democrats, uh, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, 
of course, it's it's been a it wasn't something that we even thought about when he was running necessarily. Right. We knew if he won that he'd be the first black, you know, especially being a Republican. But it wasn't something that really resonated with us. I don't think you know he really thought about it that deeply um, while he was campaigning. But I think it's a great opportunity for him and and for us to be able to show that hey, people can see another side. Like you know, there yeah. are black conservatives out there who can run for office and can win, you know, um, statewide office, you know, can win a statewide race. Um, what you would think would happen with him being the first, you know, black, Repo- black elected second highest office in North Carolina, that you'd get, you know, some of the letters or accolades of congratulations from some of the minority groups <laughs> as far as, you know, NAACP or so, even just, even though we're now we're kind of, politically polar opposites but you would think because they're making history as a black mm-hmm. person that they would at least you know send out a congratulatory letter or you know recognizing that but of course not they never um, did oh absolutely not oh my god no. that's crazy none of those groups have it i need well you know why disappointed because, but not yeah. surprised yeah I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not surprised yeah not surprised right and we <sighs> certainly weren't but you would think because those groups, their mantra is, you know, for the advancement of colored people, mm-hmm. then you had a colored person who's advanced to the second highest office in your, in your state. And yeah. there's been no recognition of that. So. I think that just makes the point that um, they've, they've gone so political Absolutely. They forgot in their for, true meaning that it's happened for 50 years or more. To better every African American, every right. person um of uh every minority group. Right. right. But they've completely forgot about that. That they're yeah. so focused on getting Democrats elected and not they're bettering just, people. They're just an extension of the Democratic Party at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like one of the best ways to make this country better is to have people in various positions with various ideologies. Like that's the only way we can move forward. We have to find something, some common ground. There has yes. to be something or we just, we're going to continue to become even more polar. And, yes. you know, that, yeah. It's I, such a shame. It is. Yes. So I mean, but, of- that's the, but we have to change that and that's, um, what we aim to do is yeah. to use that position to show younger people, you know, that hey, there are different trains of, you know, ideologies out there, political positions, and the truth about those political, you know, ideologies and issues and platforms, and allow them to choose themselves, you know, not right. just believe everything you see on social media or, you know, or mainstream television or radio to actually give him an opportunity to come and mark, you know, to open up his office, to have groups come in, you know, from elementary to high school to college students to come into his office to be able to see that, hey, you know, he didn't grow up with a silver spoon in his mouth. He wasn't, you know, born into, you know, a political family and that this was a track he was always on. But in this country, and he says all the time, you can do and be whatever you choose to be in the United States of America. And that's the beauty of that, is that we do have equal opportunity. It's just whatever you're willing to work for it or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you, have you guys 
tried reaching out to these groups at all? Or how do you plan on sharing that message that you just said that you doesn't matter where you came from or who you are, you can make a difference in this world? And um, they have reached out, of course, no responses. I mean, it even took from election night on November 3rd until the first week in January after he had had his swearing in seminar on January 4th before our governor even reached out to him and just even acknowledged that he had won. So, oh my God. Um, so um, he got sworn in, and that's when he got finally got reached out by Governor Cooper. Um, he reached out that week, um, earlier that week before the state's um, inauguration ceremony that they had on that Saturday the 9th, I believe it was. So, yeah, a whole two months went by before he even acknowledged North mm-hmm. Carolina's first black lieutenant governor, but he's yeah. all-inclusive. Anyway. That is, I mean, once again, disappointed, but not surprised. I get, yeah. I guess what I'm just really disappointed about just in this whole conversation is that people just don't want to try. Like, I just feel like people have already kind of made up their minds about particular people with a different, a specific letter beside their name and they right. don't even want to try. And then that concerns me for our constituents because at the end of the day, um governor cooper works for us like i didn't vote for him i everyone but he works for everyone and i didn't vote for him but he's in there so he needs to do what i say and part of that would be to work with everyone that has been elected so it's just like i that's so disappointing to me i really hate that (laughs) you know but it's fine i mean we knew that going in and if and if you've been a conservative republican long then you know yeah Um, you're not going to get the warm, open, you know, arms um, from a lot of organizations. And that's okay because we do see it shifting, you know, in younger people and um, they're opening up and they're willing to listen. I mean, we, we were in Sam's a few weeks ago and there were at least, I don't know, four or five people. And these were middle-aged black people that can't, you know, that recognized them even with the mask on and were like, (laughs) Hey, Governor Robinson, you know, thank you. I support you. And these were people who I don't know, but I would assume that they probably were Democrats. But and we've had a lot of Democrats that even told them, even black Democrats say, hey, I voted for you. The first Republican I ever voted for, you you know, because if they hear the issues. Yes, that's, you know, you just have to be consistent in your message. You know, speak from your heart, stand by what you say, you know, not flip-flopping no matter who's listening, what audience you're talking to. And if you heard him ever, <laughs> he's not going to waver off what he believes in, whether yeah. people like it or not, you know, it's not, may not be politically correct, but he's going to say it if it's the truth. So and I think people appreciate that. that. Mm-hmm. Did Absolutely. he do anything specifically because to reach out to the black community to get his message to the black community? Did he not do anything specifically? specifically? Not specifically because he's, and he is under the, he looks at it as if, if I'm telling the truth, it will reach everyone. I like know? that. I like And that. not have to target the message based on, you know, particular ethnicity or race. Just tell the plain truth to everyone and it will reach the people. And it did. And it did. 
And I think, um, so I agree with that completely. And I think part of it is, and we've talked about this with Brandon Pierce, with Sarah, probably Obsiga as well. It's the Mm -hmm. messaging. If you can get your messaging, like we, we're on the right side. Like everything, I can't even think of a a specific policy that I'm not like, no, this is good benefit for everybody. We're on the right Right. side. So we could just figure out how to tailor not tailor our message, how to get our message to everybody and to get to the part where we are like telling a story because the Democrats right. do a great job telling the story. They do a great job sounding very compassionate. They do a great job saying they love you and they want to help you. Um, and we can just figure out how to do that. You're right. We won't need a tailor. We won't even need to tailor it to women. We won't need to tailor it to exactly. ethnicities. We won't need to tell it to um, sexual orientations. We no. can just figure out how to cater our message to get the, the talk about not feelings, because that's not the right word either, but just telling that story. Right. It's telling yeah. our story and story in our platform. I mean, yeah. most people, regardless of race, you know, ethnicity, sexual orientation, they want to be able to live their lives with mm-hmm. limited government interference. You know, let me go to work, run my business, or, you know, keep my protect earnings as much as yeah. well, protect my family, raise my family, and educate my family, mm-hmm. you know, the way I want to. And, you know, stay out of my personal, you know, space, <laughs> my personal decisions. That's yeah. what they want government to do. Uh, and government has really overreached in our personal lives, of course. Absolutely. But. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things that Mark has told, I think this is when we had dinner with you guys, he mm-hmm. said that both Republicans and Democrats, everyone wants the same thing. They want to feel safe. They want security. They want a roof over their head, food on the table. Yep. The difference is we have different philosophies on how to get there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, that's and that's exactly the true. Yeah. yeah. You know, the Democrats, unfortunately, make people into victims or make them feel like they're victims and that they need the government to help them do everything. You know, whereas Republicans are like, no, we're going to take the reins off and limit this government so that you can soar to heights on your own, that you don't need the government to, you know, provide you with a place to stay or food or, you know, any of that. You can do that on your own and we're going to open up the economy, you know, release, you know, reduce regulation so companies can do this and you can start your own businesses or, you know, things like that and allow you to achieve what I call the American dream. Really. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So kind of, we kind of briefly touched on this. How does it impact you and your family when people make unfair judgments of Mark? Well, he's really good. He has, and I have tough skin too, but I think Victoria, you probably can relate to this. As a wife, you're real, you know, you're a protector of them, like they are of us. So he lets it roll off. It doesn't bother him. Mm-hmm. I see some stuff, and you know, unfortunately, sometimes <laughs> I can't comment on it because you know I, I can't, can't comment, and it kills me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, you Aww. see people that make up things or say ugly things about them that you know are totally false and not who they really are. Um, but you just have to, you know, bite your tongue. And uh, my daughter is one. She'll send me stuff and she'll screenshot. She's like, mom, did you see this? I want to say, and I, she, she knows she can, but she's like, I just want to say, you know, X, Y, Z to them. And, you know, so it does, it makes you angry sometimes. But, you know, I believe in free speech. You have the right to say it, you know, so as do we. But sometimes, like you said, I can't really sometimes say <laughs> respond to them the way I would like to and be like, you know, no, you're totally wrong and you're an idiot, but yeah. <laughs> um, 
What do you wish like people like that would know about Mark that, I mean, they are unfairly judging him. Like I've seen it too. If um, yeah. Sebastian, like, what do you wish they would know? I wish that people who, and usually it's people who have never met him. Yeah. That definitely. are just judging him off one because they don't like his political, you know, stance or on issues on certain issues. But I really wish they could know his heart. Like this is a man who loves this country. I have seen him literally cry. You know, he's this big, you know, baritone <laughs> voice, but you know, mm-hmm. he has the largest heart ever. And he mm-hmm. loves our country so much. And this is a God's honest truth, and Lord knows we don't want that to ever happen, but he's willing to lay down his life for our country, you know, um, and stand up for what he believes in. So I wish people just know that his heart is huge for everybody. You know, when we're praying, we pray that for everyone. We don't just pray for people who think like us. You know, we don't want to see anyone go to hell, you know, versus their Democrats or Republicans. You know, we want them to eventually see the light, which we think is on the right side, you know. Um, so when we get to heaven, we want to see everybody there, you know. Yeah. Um, Governor Cooper, you know, everybody. <laughs> uh, so then we'll be like, yes, he finally got it. <laughs> you know. Um, but I think that's what I wish people could see his heart. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, so what event led you to become a Republican? And I want you um, to touch, because I don't know if Mal knows this story, oh. touch too on what led Mark to become a Republican. Because oh. that one's one of my favorites too. Yeah. Oh yeah, tell um, both I've always been a Republican. Um, never been registered anything else. Um, never voted for a Democrat ever. Um, so but <laughs> what led me to that is that, you know, just my faith and my Christian beliefs, you know, I have to vote what I believe in. And the Republican platform aligns with my moral beliefs. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And Mark has always been a registered Republican as well. But what it really le- led him to his political aware, you know, awareness, awakening, is <laughs> he has a dear friend. They've been friends since they were like in fifth grade. Um, and they were, this was early 90s, he's probably... 19 or so and he was at his mom's mark was at his mom's house and his friend wayne was there as well and rush limbaugh came on tv oh and mark said he and wayne was staunch conservative always has been too and but he was a little more vocal than mark you know so he came on tv and mark was like oh i can't stand that guy he's a racist and so his friend challenged him and says do you know and he's like no have you read any of his books no and so Mark got heated. And he was like, oh, I'm going to put, he said, so why do you say he's a racist if you don't know him, you haven't read any books, you don't listen to him? And Mark said, well, everybody says he is. You know, everybody on TV, everybody on radio says he's a racist. And so he challenged him, you know, to rethink that because people say a lot of things about Black people on TV that aren't true too. Mm-hmm. And so Mark set out to prove him wrong. He went to the bookstore, bought his book, The Way Things Ought to Be, read it, and he bought a highlighter. <laughs> And he was going to highlight everything in it that Rush Limbaugh said that was racist. And literally, he says, he didn't get through the first chapter before he realized, like, this guy's not a racist. This guy's me. Like, everything <laughs> that he had thought from a small child is everything Rush Limbaugh was talking about. Wow. You know, in his book. So that led to him really being politically aware. He always knew he allowed the Republican platform, and that's how he registered when he was 18 and able to register. But that really, you know, 
provided him with, wow, that's what I am. I'm a conservative, you know, so yeah, what that meant. So last week was kind of, you know, we were a little sad. Yeah. Just wanted mm-hmm. to rush past because it really was an awakening and a, you know, he was a catalyst to, you know, the conservative part of Mark and what you see now. And Did Mark built on over the years? Yeah. Did Mark ever get to meet Rush? He never got to meet him in person. Um, he did. Um, they did when the video went viral. Rush did play it, and they were, you know, he's on there a couple of times. Oh, that's but he cool. Never got, yeah, that was cool. But no, we never got to meet him in person. Mm. Unfortunately, yeah. So, kind of going back, you said that you registered Republican because Republican values were your values, and we do see that a lot in the Black community that mm-hmm. most of their values are Republican values, but they still vote Democrat what do I guess what do we do to kind of as a party be like hey guys like you really believe you're like you're truly Republican like how do we get that to them like convince not convince them but kind of open their eyes yeah Yeah. we talk about that all the time even in our family we have people who are still Democrats you know um a lot of them changed to either Republican or Independents to vote for market or property, which is good. That's first oh, step. that's sweet. <laughs> but, you know, we do have rights. But, <laughs> but it's always baffled me as well as to how, yeah. because if you're talking strictly with people on issues, and if you're talking strictly with Black people, minorities on issues, they are very conservative. If you're just talking about where they stand on an issue. Mm-hmm. But then when they go in the voting booth, just because somebody has an R beside their name, they'll vote for the Democrat, not even knowing where that person stands on the issues. And don't yeah. I think they do may realize it, but just they have some mental block against voting for a Republican. <laughs> and so when you talk to people about it, I guess it's because one, a lot of it, they're just following what they've always done and what their parents did and what, you know, it's just tradition. It's not even based on them being politically aware or researching the candidates and where they stand on issues to just doing it out of tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way we change that is that we have to tell our story, the story of the Republican Party. And Mark says it all the time. You have to tell our story because we are the party of freedom and mm-hmm. equality for everyone. That's mm-hmm. why we started. But we have to tell that. We have to tell it. Uh, I like Mark. He says this. We have to tell tell our truth as loud as the left tells their lies. Oh, I like and just that. sit back and be, you know, I'll play offense all the time, which is frustrating and frustrating for those of us who like to see our, you know, party fight for what's right, you yeah. know, and uh, be the ones to put our message out there first instead of allowing the media and other people, you know, Democratic Party and the leftists kind of set the narrative as to who the Republican Party is because we know that's not what we are and that's not why we're found and it's not what our platform is. So I think if people actually, if we start actually telling the truth and touting our platform to everyone, people like, hey, you know, and telling our history of the Republican Party, people will realize like, okay, yeah, everything they say I agree with, but I don't agree with these people. And I think it will get people to start doing like by the reason I registered the reason I registered to be Republican is that you will have to start voting your values. I mean these are people who are, you know, Christians, you know, they attend church regularly, you know, and they want 
like you said, they're hardworking people. They want to be left alone. They want to be able to keep as much of their hard-earned money as they can and lower taxes. So we have to just start telling our truth. And we not, you can't, the media is not going to tell it for us. I mean, we know they're not, mm-hmm. you know. So we have to create a platform, I think, or, you know, a, a way to get our message out there. If it's social media, which, you know, they're trying to stop us from even doing that now. Yeah. But we have to be creative in the ways that we get our message out to people. Um, yeah, that's one of the goals of this podcast is I do like even as we you were speaking, I was like, how can we maybe do like a week of this is the Republicans platform on this issue. And then another right. week we have this issue because I do think if we can just get people to understand the issues where we stand, right. then I think we'll be a little bit it, it could move the needle at least a little bit more. Right. And that's all it takes is to move it a little. Yeah. Because if you move it a little, those people, and you know this with anything, once one person's eyes are open, they're going to tell other people like, hey, you know, yeah. I found this out. Did you know this? Well, I found it out by going here. Well, you need to read this or read their platform or listen to this person, you know, or something. So it only takes to move it a little to end up moving it a lot eventually. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, no, th- those are good ideas. I like the idea of doing like a week of like, okay, this is our platform. Because yes, I've talked about this before on our podcast. I'm currently reading a book on the history of the political parties in uh, the U.S. Because I'm determined because we were taught as kids that the Republicans and Democrats flip flopped after yeah, the civil true. rights and i'm like and i'm determined to prove that point wrong <laughs> it is not yeah. true. it's not <laughs> and true so no. i'm up to i think i'm right before the civil war era where i am like the 1850s when the republican party like forms forms and um it's it's crazy how similar like everything is um and it's like how similar like what's going on like today happened back then like the fact like having biased media is not a new thing thing. it happened like very first political parties they literally each party created their own newspaper to make themselves feel better right and like (laughs) put their points out but i do find it interesting so technically the democrat and if you really want to piss people off technically the democrat party or first, like one of their first names were Republicans. Technically, we're all Republicans here. Right. <laughs> but, um, but it's been interesting kind of reading how the Democrat platform, they've been founded, uh, I think it was like 1820s, like it was the early 1800s. And like, that's when the party was founded and how much they've changed and how they keep changing where it seems like the Republicans have, we've kept our values pretty much yes. since yes. the since our party was founded prior to the civil war and just a side note on that values don't change if something is right then it is right yeah, no matter right. whether the sun is out or the sun is down like that right. i really like that that's good yeah yes so <laughs> what is the role of the second lady in north carolina well the role of the second lady is almost kind of like Mark's role. You know, I get to pick up issues and, you know, champion the issues that are important to me, um, which one of those is education, of course. And so in April, we're going to be starting, well, I'm going to be starting to host what we're going to call Tea Times (laughs) at the Lieutenant Governor's Mansion um, with um, 
different groups of ladies groups around the um, state. They'll be invited in different groups, you know, at different times, but to where we can discuss the issues that we're trying to champion and give them some, you know, um, action items that they may be able to take back to their communities to, you know, help us with those issues. So those will be coming um, soon. I think April is when we're going to host the first one. So be on the lookout for that. That's exciting. Love that. Yeah. So you said education. Um, what other, is there any other issues right now? You can um, think Education. Of? of course, we're very, you know, 100% pro-life. So that's another important issue that as well that yeah. um, I want to focus on and champion and get a lot. And that's another area that I was just speaking with a lady last week. Uh, and she's a black lady here in Greensboro. And our issue is that, you know, um, we're pro-life and as Republicans, you know, where our platform is pro-life, but it's so difficult when you go out, I don't know if you bid out, but if you ever go to the love life, um, you know, yeah. on Saturdays read, or if you uh, pray, you know, if you go mm-hmm. out to the, um, Planned Parenthoods, um, a lot of them, most of them are located in predominantly minority neighborhoods, mm-hmm. but when you go to those things, most of the people there are not minorities supporting it. I and just told my mom that. Yes. It's so frustrating. So we're working on something to try to get more minorities, one, make them aware, because I think a lot of people just, I mean, they know abortion exists and that it's been legalized here, but I don't think they put two and two together is that they're really, you know, you're really committing genocide in your own communities. You know, you're yeah. killing people, basically. Um, and so to kind of wake them up. Yeah, sorry. What's the stat of like how many uh, black babies are aborted since I think 1972? And it's like to the number where there would be more Tremendous. blacks than any other race. It, yeah, exactly. That they would not be in the minority numbers. They would be majority. You know, yeah. in the U.S. So yeah, it's it's disturbing. And a lot of times, I was when she and I were talking about this. Unfortunately. You know, and it, I'm not going to say it's going to hurt you, but I do think it, if, you, if it increases saving one baby, it's worth it. But sometimes people will see, you know, a white person out there at the clinic that's praying, that can talk to them and wants, you know, want to reach out to them and offer them the, you know, different option of what's available and to offer them to, you know, get an ultrasound of their baby and all those things. Some of them are immediately going to put their wallet, though, just because of the way that person looks. I sometimes yeah. the frame of reference. If you go to them and you're, it's, they look, they're talking with someone who looks like them, and this is, it's wrong, but it's right. it happens. Yeah, yeah. It, they will be more open to at least listening to what you have to say because they may feel like, okay, well, maybe this person may really understand my situation or my frame of reference. You know, so we've got yeah. to get more minorities involved, black and brown people at these facilities participating in the prayer groups, you know, being sidewalk counselors and trying to, you know, encourage them and let them know that there's another way. Yeah. One of my best friends, um, she's like a professional sidewalk counselor. She's amazing at this. And we were having a conversation and she was like, honestly, Mallory, since this is your passion, you really should take some training. And I was going back and forth just Mm -hmm. because I, you know, I've done stuff with pregnancy resource centers. I thought that was more of my, where I was needed in this Mm -hmm. fight or whatever, but she was saying like, honestly, people, 
more black people come in she was saying more black people come into hers and they really will talk to you like you Mm -hmm. are black they're going to talk to you and it's so funny you're bringing this up again because this is like probably the third person that has kind of sort of said (laughs) something like this so okay i really need to go ahead and think it's god (laughs) (laughs) okay this is yeah yeah because i mean and that's what she was saying she was saying like um it's wrong that they won't listen to her but at the end of the day like where we are right now this is how we need to be reaching we have people. to do it That's yeah right. yeah wow okay this is good yeah <laughs> i mean let us know when you start these initiatives like we want to oh, help we're yeah. on team yolanda like 100%. we want to do what we can love to do a tea time i'm even thinking of a few girls that i can even awesome. be a awesome. team to come up to yes. i'm thinking of a few people like we let us know whatever you need help sure with. Will. We want to help you. We want to get the word out. We'll use our platform in mm-hmm. any way because awesome. we're in this together. Yeah, Absolutely. and Yolanda Mallory's Thanks big. And, yeah, Mallory's big into the pro life movement. She's was down in like oh, South awesome. Carolina lobbying oh, for awesome. their heartbeat bill. She was up. She was one of the um, oh, Amy Comey Barrett Justice squad so members squad. up there so, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. up there um when she was getting confirmed Mallory was up there like supporting her with uh students for life and so she's like very awesome. involved with all that and has a lot of connections yes we'll have to life. keep yes we'll have to keep in touch we've got to figure out something and work on like you said increasing the presence of minorities yeah. out there as sidewalk mm-hmm. counselors absolutely yeah definitely. yeah let me know i definitely like this is good and i think that also too i just love that you guys are wanting to work with us just regular old constituents that vote yes. that's so i think people think that when you're a politician they just go up there and then they make their own things. They don't really care about us. But like the fact that you even want to have conversations with um, women's groups or anyone who comes really, that's amazing. And I hope everyone listening is thinking about that too. Like not, I mean, we obviously live in a great state with an amazing Lieutenant governor, (laughs) but I'm sure in other states, y'all probably have okay governor. No, I'm just joking. But like, we don't like the governor. So well, yeah, like you guys have, I'm sure it's a similar situation in other states as well so seriously like talk to those people who are in charge talk to them try to build some sort of relationship some sort of connection absolutely and you know I guess that comes from because we are regular people (laughs) you know (laughs) um like I said we you know we're Mar was working her, you know regular job we were just living our lives so it's not that we've always been in this like I said we've always been active and you know voted and all that kind of stuff and exercised our rights but as far as like running for office and being, you know, political, place of leadership, savvy, right? We haven't done that, and so I think what we bring to the office is, you know, hey, we're everyday American citizens, you know, and so that's how we are going to lead. You know, is that our constituents are everyone, you know, and people that voted for Mark, you know, Democrats are Republican. He represents everyone. And so, you know, his office is open, you know, and he's willing to listen to everybody and, you know, champion the concerns of all citizens in North Carolina. I think that's important, um, you know, that he, that people feel like, hey, I can go up and talk to him. You know, he's just a, you know, a regular person. He's not going to be like, you know, be all standoffish and be like, oh, no, you can't talk to me. Make an appointment with him, please. You know, yeah. things like that, because that's a turn off to people. Yeah, you know? sure. Oh, yeah, I've seen that Republican like, event. They feel like you're disconnected mm, from yeah. them. And then, are, you know, but you are actually there to work for them. Absolutely. Like, they're your bosses, you know. Mm, you're yeah. not their boss. They are your boss. 
So you better be there to listen to them or you won't be there very long. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I saw that at the precinct meeting we had over the weekend, like everyone just came coming up talking to Mark yeah, and it was just like a constant flow. He doesn't meet strangers. I never has. I mean, mm-hmm. once you get, that's another thing I wish people knew is that the person that you see now and that you've seen in the last few years, that's who he's always been. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always been the, conservative, strong, you know, gonna ready to fight for what he believes is right. You know, so he has always been that person. So it's not that he gave that speech as an old son, he changes this person. He's who he's always been. And it's good to see God reward him for being who he's always been. Amen. I, I love like that. that. I think that's a good note to end on because I think we're almost at that well, time. I have one more question. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> are you or Mark planning on writing a book? Ooh, Mark okay. is. It's actually Ooh. almost done. <gasps> yeah, I can't wait. Is. Let him know. <laughs> I will is. read the manuscript if he needs someone's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him but, my yeah. two cents. You can ask Sebastian. I'm not afraid <laughs> to give my opinion. <laughs> yes, but that's yeah. That's something that um, it was. I was really ready to go at the end of the. Or during the primary, right before the primary. And then mm-hmm. after he won the primary, we were like, okay, we need to wait and add this part of the general election and, you know, going through that. Now he's won. So he's just finishing up some, um, you know, later chapters and all this whole process, the general election and him being um, lieutenant governor. So. Yeah. So Hopefully when, by the summer we should. Oh, ooh, that's soon. Is that when it'll go out or just kind of get finalized? Um, they should, we're shooting for that, um, by fall. Cause like I said, it was almost completely done anyway. Yeah. They're just brushing up some final chapters. Is it. it like a big, big, like publishing group he's working with too? Um, or is he going to do it? Um, what's the word? He's talking, yeah, it's not going to be self-published. Okay. Um, it will be through a publishing company. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, for real. It's a good story because yeah. it's a story from, you know, Actually, it was the way they started, you know, a little bit of his childhood and background, mm-hmm. but it was from the city council speech through this whole whirlwind, but, you know. Yeah, because it's such so. a crazy story. No I one know. will believe yeah. it if you told it to him. No one will believe that story. It's going to be a great movie someday. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so if this turns into a movie, who do you want playing you? Yeah, oh, my god! I was gosh. just going to say that, yeah. I have no idea. I, 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 I have no idea. What about Mark? Yeah. Who do you think would play Mark? Oh, Denzel Washington. <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> that's a good one. He, he, he would do it. Really Morgan well. Freeman. <laughs> I'm trying to think who could play him. Yeah, Denzel could do a good job with that. Um, but who could play me? I don't know. Probably. Um, and she doesn't. She does a little bit of acting, but Tamala Mann, maybe. I love her. Just you know, mm-hmm. um, she's a singer, gospel singer, and she does acting too. Um, but I don't know. That's Lord, I can't even. What about the woman from <laughs> um? What about the woman who's like the lead scientist from Hidden Figures? Oh my goodness! Oh, oh yes, yes. I know exactly. Oh gosh, what is I her name? I oh, I see God. her face. And <laughs> me too. And she can act her butt off. She can oh, my absolutely God, she be great. We've I already got the cast. Okay, right. deal with her. What is her? I can't remember. Tarish Henson. Tarish Henson. 
Oh, I was thinking of um Octavia yeah. Spencer. Octavia Spencer. Yes. That's what I was oh. thinking. Octavia yes. Spencer. Yes. yes. Octavia Spencer would do a good job. Yes, oh she my would. goodness. All right, you guys here at Denzel Washington, Octavia. Right? <laughs> Yes, we've got the cast already, so we might come call and be like, okay, we know the two people want to play the main roles, okay? Man, that would be a good movie. That would, that would. Man, all right, well. Well, Yolanda, thank you so much for joining us today. We had a great uh, conversation. We have to do this again. We still have questions to ask. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Well, it was nice meeting you, Mallory. Victoria, thank you so much. Of course, it was so nice seeing you as always. All right. Yeah. Well, you guys have a good night. Thank, Thank you. You, you as well. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay, I haven't stopped recording if you want to do the end. Oh, sure. Um everyone thank you so much for listening this was such a great conversation. Um please do not forget to rate, subscribe, review. Um we have our we are here uh summit coming up just like yolanda was saying we have to get our message out and at this conference we will help you get that learn to to get that message out yes absolutely um the only way you can be able to win our giveaways as well as the rsvp so make sure you rsvp if you go to our website click events it is the only event we have on there so you'll easily find (laughs) it um and also too if you really like what we're doing consider making a donation also if you really like what we're doing consider buying some merch and telling the whole world that you are an other girl all right y'all bye guys Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram, at thoseothergirlspodcast, and on Twitter, at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls, changing culture and bringing back traditional values.